This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. So tell me a story of epic epicness related to role-playing games in your new job, which apparently have something to do with each other. I shall. <laughs> so I was walking around the other day uh, outside of my apartment because I realized I needed to leave the house and be outside at some point. I failed to do this yesterday, so it's a trend sometimes. And I'm walking, and there's a GameStop relatively close to me. And I thought to myself, I haven't been inside a GameStop in a while. Because you can buy everything for cheaper on Amazon. It's true. And they always try to upsell you and stuff like that. Well, I walked into GameStop, and I had an immediate newfound respect for GameStop employees because there were two people inside that were that guy who just hang out and talk about video games loudly in a very, very nerdy voice very stereotypical gamers and i was like oh no you guys are cute are these the kind of guys that if you tried to infiltrate the conversation in some way would immediately tell you why you were wrong in whatever you were saying and then basically kick you out of the conversation i i know i think that that would spur them on to just talk even more I mean, like, I walked in and literally one of them was like, yeah, I I could not get past the third part in Skyrim. Like, I thought it was pretty good, but oh my gosh, like, I got to the third part and you just cannot beat this guy. And it was really difficult, so I had to look at a strategy guide. <laughs> and, and then it was kind of, like, different than the other Elder Scrolls games. Like, it went on and on and on, and you could tell the employees wanted to kill themselves. So kudos to you, GameStop employees, who have to deal with that stuff all the time. Are you sure the employees weren't just wondering how they could make them pre-order something? Because I'm pretty sure that's all the employees at GameStop actually do. (laughs) No, 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 because having had conversations, because our friend Guy works at GameStop... And he has told me before that uh, about these these kinds of people. But there are some people that'll just go to GameStop and just hang out for hours on end. Hmm. Um, and not, I mean, they'll buy things. Like he'll go in pre-order, but then talk about games for the next two hours. So I don't know. Uh, that's not the end of the story, though. The, the main part of the story is I walked in and look over. You know, they got posters of all the new games. What is there a giant poster of right behind the counter? But a poster for Ninja Gaiden Three. Hmm. I did not know this was being released. Really? I had I apparently have had my head up my ass because I had no clue. And I am a huge fan of Ninja Gaiden and Ninja Gaiden 2. Played them both start to finish. Uh, uh, Yeah, I love those games. So I immediately said to myself, okay, I should just walk out of here with this game. And then said, no, nay, I shan't. I will purchase this game as soon as I receive a job offer. Because I've been looking for jobs. Okay. Guess what happened the next day? What happened? Got a job offer. (laughs) So uh, so let me guess what you did the minute you got the job offer. Went to the exchange, which is – which I I was closer to the exchange than I was to GameStop. So it was a geography thing. But I went to the exchange and bought Ninja Gaiden 3. I have not opened it yet to play because I was focusing on some other video game-related things. But next week, whenever we do our next podcast, I am definitely going to be reviewing Ninja Gaiden 3. Great. That was my story. This week, 
week I will be talking, well, we will be discussing the end of Final Fantasy XIII too, but I think you should start with your new game for this week because our Final Fantasy XIII 2 discussion will be full of spoilers. Well, you set me up for a fantastic segue because if you like Ninja Gaiden 3 or Ninja Ooh. Gaiden games... Uh, I actually played God of War 3 this week, oh. uh, which is another kind of, you know, third person. Uh, I guess there's not really puzzles in Ninja Gaiden, but it's a puzzle platformer beat em up. But mm, I, yes, before I start with that, I do have to say I quit on Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Um, what? Yeah. Well, Why? I got about 25 hours into the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I, according to the world map, I was about a third of the way through the game. Mm-hmm. And from what I could tell, the world was really split up into like four different large zones. And I had just I had just passed through the first large zone. It looked like the last large zone was kind of just the epilogue, kind of the climax, the end of the game. It didn't look like it was very large, but it was its own separate place. But, but I was looking at it, and then as soon as I got into the new area, I started to do literally the same thing as I had been doing for the past 25 hours. And... I realized, I was like, you know, I'm not having fun anymore. I had the difficulty cranked to the highest setting. Nothing was causing me any challenge at all anymore. Um, there's, there's just solo customization. Like, you're just customizing your main character. There's nobody else to play around with. So it's, it's, it just it got boring. It got really boring. And I was like, you know, I've had enough. I've had enough of this game. So you stopped playing a video game because it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, does that? Uh, you're right. That now that you say it like that, it's pretty unreasonable, isn't it? I think so. I think it is a little bit. I mean, that never stopped anybody from playing Ninja Gaiden. Let's face it. Sure. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. Except, you know, some people like that that challenge where you just get beat over the head repeatedly. Uh, a brutally challenging, yeah. excessive difficulty level. Okay, that's fair. Right. But but no, that's actually a draw to a game. And another game that that I'm going to be playing soon is Dark Souls, which that's the whole hook of the game is to be incredibly challenging. So oh, okay. There's a, I totally understand that. I mean, that's great. Um, it's just that there's, there's no challenge to this game, to, uh, to Reckoning, even on the hardest setting, and the stories aren't that interesting. Uh, like, the side quests aren't interesting, and that's the majority of the game. Mm. It's like taking... What they did was they, like, took... They took a massively multiplayer online role-playing game, and they took out basically all of the designs of that, they crossed it with a decent beat 'em up system for combat, and then mm-hmm. they just meshed them together. Only they didn't put any kind of multiplayer in it. So it's just you running around, getting quests, looking at the mini map where there are little dots that you go to, going there, killing something or picking something up out of a box, and then going back to the people and turning them in. It's just it. it it's very very tiresome. Wow. Yeah. So, well, okay. So, yeah. So, I'm done with that. And I was like, all right, fuck this. I'm moving on to something else. Um, and one of the games that I have been just dying to get to uh, is God of War 3, because I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Um, if you have been living under a rock, uh, God of War is a, a game based on uh, Greek mythology, very loosely based on Greek mythology. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it has, takes some liberties. It has the same uh, characters as Greek mythology, adding your main character, basically, but for the most part, it is just the characters of Greek mythology, and then the loose story of Titans versus, versus the gods on Mount Olympus, but that's about it. Um, the, the overall, so the setting of the game, in my opinion, uh, is perfect 
for a video game. I mean, think about it. You've already got you've already got all of these crazy fantasy conventions going on in Greek mythology. Um, you know, it's got it's already got these very elaborate stories that even if you take some liberties on are good stories in of themselves. Um, and they're very violent. They're very sexual. I mean, there's a lot of adult content in Greek mythology. It's like the perfect, it's the, it's the, the perfect content with which to draw stories from, to make a video game out of. Um, and so I, like I said, I love the setting. Um, there's, I, I can't imagine there are a lot of people that think Greek mythology is uninteresting. Um, and the way that they, the, I mean, the way that they present it is just freaking badass. So, um, so yeah, the setting's great. Um, brief overview of the story. Your main character, your name is Kratos. Uh, you start Kratos. You started off as a more yeah, and you have, you have an awesome manly voice. Um, you in the in the first game, you're a mortal. Um, you were a mortal. Um, you you're you're away. Um, fighting a war for the gods and when you come back your wife and, and child are dead and so you vow to take vengeance on the god of war who killed your children uh, the god of war being Ares which is where Ares. The, which is where the title of the of the game comes from so at the end of the first game you kill Ares and you're like holy shit I just killed a god that was awesome and you did that with the power of some of the other gods and the other gods were the ones who convinced you that you needed to kill Ares. Well it all comes out that this was a giant plot that was orchestrated by Zeus just like in regular Greek mythology. Um so so basically after the first game your main character Kratos just goes on this huge vengeance quest to kill Zeus. I mean the first game is all based on a vengeance quest to kill Ares then the rest of the games are based on a vengeance quest to kill Zeus. And they take you through Lots of different stories throughout the course of these three games. Um, you know, some of the smaller stories within Greek mythology. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with the other two games, but they're both really solid games, and they really hold up. There was an HD collection, uh, you know, high-def collection of the first two games released for the PlayStation 3. I recently played through those a, a few months ago. They were both, they held up perfect. I mean, so they're still great games. Um, but this third game... Um, which I'm about to get into in a little more detail, is the climax of the trilogy. Uh, and they have pulled out all the stops. So um, just get right into it. The mechanics of the game, it's a third-person beat-em-up. Um, I think it kind of invented the genre a little bit. Because uh, this game originally came out for the PlayStation 2 when you know the graphics, the graphics and stuff, there was a huge leap from the PlayStation 1 to the PlayStation 2. And it's when kind of the, the flow of gameplay was starting to get very fast because it could be a lot faster because of the, the, there weren't as many limitations on the systems. So um, just like the smoothness of the beat-em-up action, like the fighting gameplay is freaking amazing. You never feel, in my opinion, you never feel out of control mm-hmm. of your character. Um, and the way that the i mean the way the battle system works it's you can basically cancel out of any animation that's going on by doing a like a, a rolling dodge away so no matter where you are it just really feels like you have complete control you never feel like you're stuck in any kind of animation to where you can't get away from enemies which means that when enemies kill you it makes you feel like it was your fault which is good i think that that's that's probably one of the most important things a game like this can do is to make you feel like 
you have total control over everything. And so when something goes wrong, it's your fault, not the game's fault. Um, there's a variety, just like any good beat em up, there's a huge variety of weapons. Um, there's four cardinal, like, melee weapons. The game is, is, com- is a complete melee game. Um, but the range on most weapons is incredibly long. Uh, so you can keep your distance most of the time when you're fighting. So there's four cardinal weapons, and then there's these set, there's like three or four secondary weapons. So you, you feel like you've got this awesome customization of what weapons to use to kill stuff. Um, the animations of which are, are great. There's a variety of moves for every single weapon. There's magic spells associated with every single weapon, which just adds another level to the gameplay. Um, and the game is not easy, which, as you know, is one of the things that I have, <laughs> uh, you know, touted a, time and time yeah, again you, you on this do show like, uh, challenge. Is, that, is that I do. I like challenge. I like feeling like there's something at stake when I get into some sticky situations. Um, and not to mention the game checkpoints really well. So if you get to an area that's really difficult, uh, basically you lose 10 to 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds of gameplay when you die. Um, that being said, there are some really long gauntlet like battle sessions, which if they can be 10 to 15 minutes of just straight <laughs> fighting. And if you die anywhere in there, you do go back to the beginning of that arena. So, I, you know, I think that's great because the combat is the real draw of the game. And it's it's fun, even when it's frustrating, even when it's like even when it's difficult, mm-hmm. it's fun. I feel the same way about Ninja Gaiden combat, actually, is that even when it's difficult, the combat can still be fun. Absolutely. Uh, so. So just the weapons feel great. There's a ton of weight to them. Like you get some 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 fist weapons um, in the game, and there is so they're like the most powerful weapons in the game. And there is so much power behind them. Every time that you swing, is you, you feel like you're crushing somebody's skull in. I mean, it's just it's it's yeah, amazing. I watched a friend play the first God of War in my room in college for a while one time, and it, it's, you just ruin everything. Yeah, you. I. There aren't many games that make you feel just as badass as God of War does, for sure. For sure. Um, this was one of the. This. I mean, this is only on PlayStation Three, so it is made specifically for that platform. And as we all know, that is of the consoles. It is the most powerful of the consoles that's out. You know, aside from mm-hmm. PC, of course. The graphics in this game are some of the best I think I've ever seen in anything. Um, it runs. It runs at a no matter what you're doing in the game, no matter what is going on, it is 60 frames per second. It is so smooth. There are minimal cutscenes, so almost everything is done mm. in engine. So even when and 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 the the best example is at the very start of the game. At the very start of the game, you are riding on the Titan Gaia. You are uh, climbing Mount Olympus with the Titan uh, to go kill Zeus, and. Uh, anybody that knows any about Greek mythology knows Titans are enormous compared to mortals and even the gods. I mean, they are absolutely huge. So you are just like a little speck on Gaia. You are tiny. And the camera repeatedly pans out to see like the entirety of the Titan. And you still have control of your character and can see your character on the Titan. And you may still be fighting enemies, and they they do they do a good job of like the enemies won't really attack you in that particular instance because 
the whole point of that shot is to give you just that idea of scale. But you can watch yourself. You can just see, you know, very, very small on the screen, your blades flying out, stuff dying still. But it's this crazy camera panning shot of the Titan climbing up the mountain. And you're like, holy shit. How am I still able to control a character on this? Like, how do I still have control of something? How can the, I, how can like the game engine process this information at the same time that it's showing me this incredibly detailed and beautiful cutscene? So you're just like looking at that kind of thing. And the rest of the game is those awesome graphics. Pretty much every part of the game. All the set pieces are just beautiful. Um, so it's just, oh my god. Like, I can't even describe to you. Like, it's just something you have to see. And on a big screen TV, seeing something like that run is just, there's, there's no way to describe it. It's just something that has to be seen. So I can't talk enough about how awesome the graphics are. Um, one of the things that has always characterized the God of War games is this brutal violence incredibly brutal violence and uh, in, uh, like very adult sexual content. Um, this game does not disappoint. Uh, I can say that this may be the most violent video game I've ever played. Really? Really. Um, this, this, you know, even beyond Ninja Gaiden 2, which was incredibly violent, um, even beyond rock, some Rockstar games, uh, maybe Manhunt, um, which is a game where it's a snuff, it's basically a snuff film, Maybe you could consider that more violent, but to give you an example, <laughs> uh, this game has like f- these first-person uh, cutscenes, and God of War has always had quick-time events. This was the game that basically invented the quick-time event, um, where it'll just give you a you know press the triangle button, and you'll press the triangle button, and your character will do something crazy awesome. This game has first-person cutscenes from either the perspective of Kratos. Or the perspective of the person Kratos is killing. What? Literally killing. So you'll be looking through through the camera, um, and you'll you'll never you'll never have control of anybody but Kratos in this position. But let's say you're you're coming from the perspective of um, of a person of of the person Kratos is is killing. So you'll be you know against a rock, and you'll have You'll, you'll be out of breath because Kratos will just have kicked the shit out of you. And he will walk up and start punching you, like, in the face. And there will just be blood flying everywhere. And every time he punches you, it's basically a fist cam. So, like, every time he punches you, the camera will shake away as his fist connects with your face. And the blood will fly everywhere. You'll be tapping the circle button as Kratos to punch the character from whose perspective you're looking and it's just like it made there were parts in the game that made me sick to my stomach as to how and you know there's these there's just these thick heavy fist punching sound effects there's like bones breaking sound effects um it's just like you just feel how brutal this whole situation is and just how brutal kratos is I, he's just and and he'll you know he'll strangle somebody to death and you will have a first person perspective on that <laughs> conversely you can also have kratos's perspective where you'll be tapping a button and you'll be able to watch the guy's you know face just implode as you're punching it or as you're slamming his head against a rock um so there's a real weight to what you're doing um 
at the very end of the game, you know, it's probably not a spoiler to say you eventually kill Zeus because that's the whole point of the game. Um, there's a there's a part where you're in this perspective, and the screen literally completely covers with blood to where you can't see what you're doing anymore. <laughs> and I, you know, this is this is probably a it's probably an analogy to his blood rage or whatever that it you know he's so clouded with rage you can't even see what he's doing anymore whatever but you're still smashing the a button and you can still hear the punches connect you can still see the camera shake back and forth but you literally can't see anything because the entire camera is covered with blood so again the game is just brutal brutally violent and really sickeningly so um i don't know if that's a good thing like i think if anything, maybe it's not good, maybe it's not bad. I think it's kind of cool that a game can make me feel that squeamish. Um, I think that that's just kind of cool. So it's that violent. You actually feel squeamish. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I mean, keep in mind, I've played a lot of Rockstar games, which are very violent. Um, it's just, but it's just, it's the way that it's presented. <laughs> and it's just, it's just how angry Kratos is. Kratos is just such an angry person that you just feel how much he wants these people dead. <laughs> so I, I I don't know. I mean, it, like, like I said, maybe it's... I don't really think it's a good or a bad thing. I think it's just... It's interesting that a game can, can make me feel that squeamish being that brutal. Yeah, because I, I, I do not have a very good stomach for gore. And Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2, I mean, especially the second one, I mean, there are... Every other animation is you decapitating somebody or impaling somebody in several places and there's lots of blood and limbs literally just flying all over the place um but for some reason i really like the amount of violence there like it's satisfying you know you know what part of it might be is that when violence is so over the top it i mean it like like a movie like sin city right Mm -hmm. i mean it's in black and white and the violence is so over the top in that movie that it's still watchable even though the things that are happening are horrible that makes sense but in like in this game the violence is believable like they go they go so far out of their way to make it really like i have never punched somebody to death in the face um all right i've done it once yeah i was gonna say what about that one time but i don't really remember it that well uh but if I had ever punched somebody to death in the face, it really makes me feel like this is what it would sound like and feel like. Um, and maybe that's what it is. Is It's like this realistic sense of brutality. And maybe that is what uh, makes it so hard to watch and hear. That's uh, going to have to be the quote of the podcast. If I ever were to punch somebody in the face to death, I imagine this is what it would sound like. Yeah, and look, th- this is why video games are so good because they can make you feel like you know what it's like to punch somebody in the face to death. There and you now, go. and now that takes all the mystery out of it. Now I don't actually have to do it because okay. the, see, see, this is the the true this is the true gift video games give us. So now I don't actually have to kill somebody. Exactly, it's helping society. Did you? How long did it take you to beat the game? Um, it it was about as long as the other God of War games. I'd say it was about six to eight hours, maybe. Um, oh, all right. At, and that was with re, like re, retrying. There were some parts in the game that were very difficult. Um, uh, like I said, some of those gauntlet parts were very difficult. The the enemy design is very similar to the other God of War games. Um, again, I know you've never played one, but the enemy design is varied. It varies wildly. 
Um, there are a lot of these grunt-type enemies that um, are relatively easy to kill, but can kind of overwhelm you because there are stronger enemies that normally demand your attention, um, and they demand your focus first because they'll just ruin you if you don't focus on them. Mm -hmm. And so that allows these other grunt-like enemies to to get to you. Um, so the, there are some very difficult gauntlet um, parts of these games where I was dying repeatedly, and you know there was one part I may have spent 20 to 25 minutes on mm -hmm. just on this one gauntlet. It was towards the end of the game, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'd say about six to eight hours. Uh, I, it never slowed down. The pace never slowed down on the game. It, it felt like, like a summer blockbuster movie. Um, kind of like a Michael Bay flick, only with a story. Oh, okay. Um, so it, it was, I mean, it was just total, like, you know, heart, heart pounding, pulse pounding type stuff. Yeah. Um, that never, I was never bored, never bored with the game. And I was never frustrated because I always felt like I knew that I was doing something wrong when I died. One of the other cool things about this, about God of War 3 and why I think it's better than the first two, um, is because the, the stories that they drew upon from mythology in the first two were some of the, I would say almost like the B-side stories of Greek mythology. Um, you know, you'd have Gorgons, but then you'd fight the Medusa. And the Medusa is an interesting story, but it's not, it's not the main stories of Greek mythology, in my opinion. Um, you know, it, you'd fight the Minotaur in the second God of War. In this God of War... It's basically Zeus and the Super Friends. So, you know, you fight Zeus, you fight Hermes, you fight Poseidon, you fight Hades. I mean, you fight the major characters of Greek mythology. And it feels like there is more at stake in this game than there has been in a past God of Wars. Mm, right. um, and so, like, like, like when, you're, when you're making a trilogy, right, like the basic tenets of making a trilogy are... You've got the, f the first act, which kind of sets up the story. The second act, where your hero gets in trouble, but it, you know, it, it, which is basically to lead into the third act, which is supposed to end with this just epic climax. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what this game does. So I think in terms of making a trilogy, they just freaking nailed it with this game. I mean, nailed it. Um, so that's great. Uh, as the, with the other God of War games, it's got a lot of platforming as well. Um, which is probably the weakest part of the game. I just, it, 3D platforming is <laughs> not, I, I, I mean, there's just not a lot of games that get it right. And even like this game is, you know, that AAA, hundreds of millions of dollars budget type thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it still feels a little wonky sometimes. Really? Yeah, with the platforming. So I just, I don't really know what the solution to that problem is. Um, you know, like a game like, Mario Mario 64 was a 3D platformer and you know the 3D platforming and that there was some really there's some really frustrating parts where it those parts were not your fault when you didn't hit a jump or something it was because the camera was off or um like the the distance wasn't clear in terms of where you were jumping or you were jumping into the screen and like you couldn't you know what I mean yeah yeah mostly camera stuff I would say yeah, like the depth isn't clear. So so the the platforming was still a little wonky with the game. Um the puzzle design, which God of War has always had puzzles. Um and I think that 
I think that the they get overshadowed by the combat in the game. But the puzzles in this game are awesome. Like they they really make you think. Um, there are a f- there are just a few of them, so it's not they don't get overwhelming. But they really make you think in terms of of uh, what you have to do to solve the puzzle. And they go even a step further. Um, and just like most video games that are out now, there's a there's a collectible system in the game. And I think that God of War does collectibles uh, probably the best out of out of any other game, and that the collectibles directly affect your ability in the game, rather than just adding to the story in um, in the sense that you know they give you like data logs or something like that as a collectible. These are collectibles that you know it's basically heart pieces in Zelda where when you get three of this one thing, your health increases. When you get three of this other thing, your magic increases. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that, you know, they're, they're completely optional. So I, I really think you could probably beat the game without, without ever expanding your health or magic bar. It would definitely make the game more difficult, but I still think it would be doable. Um, wh- whereas, so it, it actually gives you a, uh, some sort of stake in collecting these items. Mm-hmm. And with these puzzles, the like the solution to progress the game may be moderately difficult to figure out, but the solution to figure out how to get the collectible that is also associated with this puzzle are normally hard. So you can you know you can make the decision, hey, all right, I just want to progress the story, but they they show you the chest with the collectible item in it that you know you can get to if you solve this puzzle a different way. Yeah. So it's like, if you're like me and you, you're very much a completionist, you're like, I have to get that chest. I will spend the extra five, ten minutes on this puzzle to figure out how to do it to where I can get this chest. Um, and I really like that. I really like the way the, you know, that, that, that the game does collectibles. I think that it does it the right way, like I just said. So um, overall, the game, totally worth playing. I know you can, you can pick it up for a song now. It's, like, you could probably find it 15 bucks used. Um, you can get it 20 bucks new, I think almost anywhere you go. Um, and it is just freaking is totally worth that amount of money, totally worth that amount of money. So hundred percent recommend that one, uh, especially for the price that you can get it for now. I've gone into video game stores several times and thought about picking up the God of War one and two HD collection and then God of War three as well. Um, cause you can find them on Amazon usually packaged together, um, from some sellers, at a pretty reasonable price, like you said, it could be twenty-five or thirty bucks for all three of them. Yeah. Uh, now, I was thinking about just getting the third one because I've seen parts of the first one and I know how they go. But now that you've talked about how good the trilogy is, now of course I feel like I have to play all three of them. You know, I I don't. Uh, I will say the third one is the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Like there is no doubt in my mind that the third one was the best one out of all of them. So I don't know if it's necessary to play the first two. I guess what I would say is. You know, if you went with going to play the the third one uh, as your first God of War game, and you really really liked it, then you won't be disappointed to go back and play the first two because mm-hmm. they both really hold up. Well, I will keep all of that in mind. Yeah, and from what I understand, I think you f- you finally beat a video game. Oh. Is that is that right? Did we did did I hear that right from you? I, when I, I was talking to you. I completed a video game. I completed a video game. So, uh, spoiler alert for all of our listeners, we're going to talk about the end of Final Fantasy XIII 2 right now. Uh, 
and frankly, with how bad all of this was handled, um, I don't think you're missing much, uh, lis- listeners, if you, uh, if you just listen to this. Um, but you can go ahead and, and give me your opinion on the ending of Final Fantasy XIII, too. Let me just sum it up with three words that appear on the screen at the end of Final Fantasy XIII 2, at the very end of the ending. These three words read, To be continued. Yeah, what the fuck? What? What? So, so here's the thing, right? <laughs> um, in, a, in a game, uh, in a game like, we'll say Mass Effect, for instance. Let's say Mass Effect. Where we have been... Uh, we have been given the information that this game is going to be a trilogy. To see to be continued at the end of the second game is anticipated. It is. Yes, you feel like you feel like yeah, that you know it makes sense. Right. I knew I was I was anticipating a third game. Right. What were you anticipating from thirteen two? A conclusion. Ah. A conclusion would have been nice. I saw that and I I I wasn't necessarily furious. I was more confused because it was so unexpected. Because I thought to myself, is there a Final Fantasy 13 3 I don't know about? And and my reaction to that was, wow, I would love to play another Final Fantasy 13 game. That's great. I love this universe. I liked the characters. I thought they did a lot of gameplay decisions, made a lot of gameplay decisions that were great. A third Final Fantasy thirteen game would be very welcome. But then I realized it took them... How many years did it take them to release this? Three? Uh, to release Final Fantasy thirteen two, I believe it was just one and a half years. It was one and a half after the first one? Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty quick. But I hate, I hate, 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 hate waiting forever for a conclusion. I'm one of those people like, why do we have to wait eight years for a Zelda game? Why do we have to wait? What was it? It was probably, uh, it was a long time between Final Fantasy twelve and Final Fantasy thirteen. At least five years, wasn't it? I think it was, I think it was like seven. I think they took a really long time uh, to, to get their minds around how to, how to program for the PS3. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to wait seven or eight years for each sequel. That is awful. It's asinine. Do you think that the reason why why you are are frustrated in this is that you feel cheated? It wasn't that I feel cheated. It's that it was so unexpected. You hit the nail on the head that it was unexpected. Um, when I read up on it, what I learned was that the story supposedly will be concluded through the release of DLC. And does that not piss you off? That you have to pay extra money to see the end of a video game? This, is, this will probably lead us into a discussion about downloadable content. Oh, yeah. No, that's where I was going to take this entire second half of the podcast. Sure. Because I yeah, downloaded so... the first DLC for Final Fantasy XIII, too. Okay, and which one was In that? In fact, I downloaded about $20 worth of DLC. Uh, and, oh, it's, I downloaded the Saz um, mission. Okay. So supposedly they're going to release uh, extra, like, kind of chapters, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. Uh, but they're going to release... They, we don't know how many. They haven't announced how many or what types. But I downloaded one of them, and it really didn't do anything for me. Like, it really had no relevance to the main story. Now, perhaps 
they're just going to download five or six optional DLC chapters and then have one DLC chapter where, okay, you download this one, this is the end of the game. So I'm only paying six or seven bucks at the most to see the epic conclusion. I have a different point of view on this entire financial transaction system because I used my Amazon, my Amazon.com credit card reward points to buy Final Fantasy XIII 2. So I didn't pay a cent for this game. Okay. Uh, I had it delivered to my door the day it came out without paying a penny. So to me, the the total amount of money I've spent between this game and DLC, the total amount of actual currency that I've spent is only is less than $20. Now, had I paid $65 for the game on my credit card the day it came out, I think I'd have a totally different outlook, which I did. I mean, I picked this up from Best Buy on my way home from work the day it came out. Yeah, so you had um, to pay the 65 bucks. Yeah, and so the the prospect of of paying, you know, ten dollars per little little piece of DLC, um, as far as like single player content DLC, like campaign story content goes, mm-hmm. I'm not that enamored with that. Now that being said, I don't know the alternative then is to not release any DLC, let the game kind of stand on its own, and then a year and a half later release another sixty dollar game. So, I don't know if I like that much, that all that much either. Because I don't know if there's going to be enough content to create an entirely new game. You know what I mean? But if there is enough content to create an entire new game, I'll play it. I mean, I love Final Fantasy XIII. It's the only Final Fantasy game I've played more than once since Final Fantasy VII, I want to say. I, I think I've I think I've started to replay every other Final Fantasy. I mean, I've started to replay nine and ten and twelve. No, not twelve. No, not twelve. But um, since Final Fantasy seven, I haven't replayed a Final Fantasy game, and I played Final Fantasy thirteen twice in the same year. And Final Fantasy thirteen two. I mean, when we started doing this podcast at the start of twenty twelve, I had not played a ton of games. You know, I, I've been I've been playing some Modern Warfare two a little bit and a couple other things, but there were no games where I would sit and just play for eight hours straight, and that's what I was doing with this game. So I I love the universe, and I love the combat system, and I know you found a lot of flaws in this particular game, but I am enjoying it more and more. So um, to me, I would play a whole other game, but this DLC thing, I I don't know. Um, I I don't know. It, It was interesting. But like I said, if I had paid $65 for the game, I would have been furious. Because I'm not going to invest $100 in one video game just to see it through to its completion, you know? And here's... as Right. And, and here's my thing is, you know, DLC, I feel like, can be done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that that is part of the reason why this particular game's DLC pisses me off. Because so far, the DLC has been this Zaz mission. Uh, Which and I'll get they, into. And then they did a costume pack. Uh, which adds absolutely nothing to the game, but costs money. They've done three or four arena battles, which have done nothing but add a battle to the game and then add a another playable character to your party. Pokemon. And they've basically, they've basically, you know, when when my investment was in the story more than anything else in this game, that is what I want my extra content to be. Um, and they've basically now got twenty dollars worth of DLC that does absolutely nothing to address the story. 
and of course, I don't have to buy it because it's all piecemeal DLC. But it's still like, like why can't there be twenty dollars of story DLC? Yeah, to continue the story. That would be nice. So <laughs> I, I think it's just DLC done wrong mm-hmm. is my problem mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, when um when my roommate walked into our apartment the night that I beat Final Fantasy thirteen two, I looked at him and said, I beat the game and he's like, How was the ending? And I was like, Well <sighs> and I just kinda sighed and he's like, That bad? And I was like he's like, Did all the main characters die or something? And I'm like, Worse <laughs> Because at the end one of the main characters does die, and everything goes to hell. Supposedly, like, the world gets enveloped in this chaos, and then it says to be continued. It's like, all they had to do was wrap things up in a bow. It was like, great, you beat the main guy, all they had to do was say, Oh, the paradox is fixed. Time has been restored. Yay, happily ever after. And, and wrap it all up. They could have done that. They could have done that, but instead they literally just take your character, and she's like, Oh, I'm gonna die now. She dies. And then the world goes to hell. It's like time's being ripped apart because you killed God somehow, which didn't make any sense, which is what pissed me off about the ending of Breath of Fire 3, which in my opinion is the worst role-playing game ever made. I would rather play Mystic Quest than Breath of Fire 3, but we won't get into that. Um, yeah, it was just like they could have wrapped it up, and I guess that was frustrating as well because, it, you know, everything kind of like fell in place. It's like, okay. and And even... Here's the other thing. This game has multiple endings. They have all these paradox endings that you talked about. You got most of them. Yeah. Why? See, if it didn't say to be continued and everyone had just died, I would have been like, oh, so I got the bad ending. I'll just go, you know, get the best paradox ending, and that's the one that wraps it up in a bow, like Chrono Trigger. And wouldn't that have been the coolest way to handle the endings? Yes, absolutely. I- they already built the game with multiple endings in mind. Why not make one of those multiple endings like the true ending with with resolution? Exactly. So that that was what pissed me off, I think, more than anything. Because I thought to myself, well, if the main ending is to be continued, then there's no way that the quote-unquote best ending is going to not say that. Like, it's just, that boggled my mind. So uh, the ending pissed me off. I still think the game is worth playing, and I'm still going to download the DLC because I'm a sucker and I'm a fanboy and I, I like this game too much. But I will say, the Saz uh, DLC... Well, first of all, let me tell you what DLC I did download. Uh, let's start with the costume packs. Okay, so you did download those. I downloaded three costume packs. I'm so sorry. I have never done anything like this before. This is like... To me, this is like downloading an avatar item for Xbox 360. So that your stupid little me ripoff can can be carrying a Modern Warfare 3 backpack or something. I've never done this before, but I hate, I hate, 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 hate Noel's costume design. And I always main, my main is Sarah, so I always run around the map as Sarah. I was so sick of looking at Noel and, and thinking that I'm watching Sora from Kingdom Hearts every five seconds, that I was like, I'm just going to download some armor to cover him up so he doesn't look like such a douche. So I downloaded it. It was like three bucks. I can't believe I spent that money. Sarah, I was just tired of watching her in the same outfit. And I was like, you know, I've put 30 or 40 hours in this game. I don't like her outfit that much. Let's get her another one. So I downloaded uh, her summoner's garb, which is kind of cool. I also downloaded the beachwear costume because occasionally I want to see her in a bikini. Why not? 
so that's what I did. That's why I did that. And I've kept her in the summoner's garb and Noel in the other costume. And I think it adds variety. Uh, you know, I would never do something like this for an avatar item where you never see it. But for an in-game role-playing game, I justified it because I didn't care. Do you really think it's worth $6? Mm, probably not. I, I probably should have spent maybe maybe one. I don't know. I mean, $3 is $3. It's not going to break the bank. But no, no. But if every game were to do that, and you you purchase six dollars and like every game for costumes, I mean, I know, I know. But again, it's an RPG. I know I'm going to play it because, especially with the additional missions and with how much grinding I need to do and how much more play there's going to be, I know I'm going to put at least another ten to twenty hours in the game. And I just wanted some variety. And again, had I bought this game new, I would have been like, "Fuck you, DLC." I would have been pissed, pissed. So I got the costume packs, and that's why. But I, I think they're... If you look at the costume packs online first and you kind of think they're cool, I don't know. Why not? Fuck it. If it's two or three bucks, give it a little variety. I don't know. It didn't kill me. But I, I wouldn't do it for something like God of War, which is a six-hour game, because it's like, yeah. Now let me ask you, why were there not different costumes in the game to begin That's with? That's a really good question. Because in the main menu screen, there's an entire menu, sub-menu, that says Outfits. But none of them are in the game. You have to pay for them. Why do you have to pay for them? Why not make some unlockable outfits? That pissed me off. Yeah. That is a terrible game design decision. Maybe a good DLC decision, but that really, really pissed me off. I, I wanted one other outfit so I could change. Um, so in that regard, you know, should I have been forced to pay for any of this? No. Because if I fit to choose from, I would have just changed back and forth between that. Maybe that's why they did it. Maybe they knew that people wouldn't buy one if they could already unlock other ones, but it still pissed me off. So that sucked. So the other DLC I got was I downloaded all three of the bonus battles because I want to, you know, train those characters and have extra characters in my party. Yeah. I downloaded Lightning. Now, I downloaded all these after I'd beaten the game, so I was at a pretty high level. I downloaded Lightning, and you can fight Lightning and uh, Godot, I think. Lightning, and, and she's with her sergeant guy, the trivia guy. You know the trivia guy? Yeah. Yeah, she's with somebody else. So so you kill her basically in about five seconds by taking down maybe a tenth of her health, and then he appears and you fight them both. Uh, I blew through that battle probably six times. I just kept beating her, beating her, but I never caught them. Because to tame a monster, you have to basically, they turn into a crystal at the end of the battle. Right. It's, it's luck-based. So I, I fought her like six times, and it's like a ten-minute battle every time, and never actually tamed her. So that was annoying, because I'm like, well, I'd like to actually catch you, but I guess not. Um, so I have to just kind of grind and beat her several times, I guess. But I'm guessing she'll be good, but the battle was pretty fun. Oh, you never actually, you've still not collected her? No, I mean, I've only fought her like four or five times, but I think you should be able to collect them a little more easily than that. I would think con so. Considering the length of the battle. Also consider, also considering that you pay for that content. You Exactly. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. And, and that was a complaint I read somewhere online, is like, if you're paying for an optional character, then you have to level them up and stuff. Like, why can't you just pay for a new character that's all leveled and stuff? But apparently not. Um, not looking forward to leveling her, but I, I do want to catch them because it would be helpful in battles, but whatever. Um, the other DLC um, battle was uh, Jill, was that her name? The girl with the glasses from the first game, the Sarah Palin. Mm, I don't really remember what her name was. Maybe it was you Jill. The, you remember the Sarah Palin, though, right? Yes. 
I remember in, in Final Fantasy thirteen, I was always mad you didn't get to fight this girl. Uh, so she has Sarah Palin glasses, and the game came out mm, marginally closer to the 2008 election, so she was still on people's minds. But her name's Jill or something, or Nabot, or I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. But she's like this big evil, and she imprisoned Saz in the first game, and she's like, you know, she carries this stick around and hits it like she's this weird dominatrix. And... You never get to fight her because Bartandalus just kills her instantly in a cutscene for no reason. Like, when you're not even there, it's not even one of those, like, you run in the room and you're in the same room as the end boss. And she's like, I'll handle this. And he's like, no, you won't. And he kills her in front of you to, like, make a point. There's just a random cutscene where it cuts away to the enemies and she's talking to him. There's not even a fight and he's just like... I'm going to kill you arbitrarily. And she's dead. And it's like, okay. And and now she's an optional battle. Why? Well, now I'm I'm happy that you get to fight her. So I'm actually glad that they put her in this game because now I'm like, oh, I wanted to fight her in the first game, but she got killed for no reason. So now I actually get to fight her. And the fight is fucking insanely hard. Like, I can't beat her. That's good. I guess. I mean, it's pretty good, but it's... I mean, it's to the point where I can't even barely damage her. It's really bad. So I need to I need to figure something out. I need to get some monsters leveled and stuff. But man, she's vicious. Um, I like a challenging DLC, but I beat Omega. I mean, Omega wasn't even that bad. Omega was reasonable. Omega was the free DLC I got with my Amazon pre-order. Oh, okay. Omega was fine, but, but yeah, this woman is nuts. So, uh, whatever, there's that. I like there to be a challenge, but this seems a little excessive. We'll see what happens. I've gained a lot of levels since then. Um, so I would say that that DLC is, is worth it depending on how much of a challenge you want. So the Saz side mission. You remember how we've both complained about how the casino is two games? It's the slot machines and chocobo racing? Yes. Well, uh, the Saz side mission has two more games. One of them is Texas Hold'em. Oh. Just straight up Texas Hold'em. And the other one is something called uh, Chrono something. Not Chrono Trigger. Uh, it's, it's called Chronometry or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, but it, it's a kind of cool game. It's like a clock with 13, with 13 uh, numbers on it instead of 12. And you basically... It's kind of hard to explain. You kind of have to see it. But but basically, you and three other players are dealt hands. And whatever card you play moves the clock. Kind of like the puzzles you have to do. Sure. But, but better. Like, they're fun. Um, it'll move the clock. And whatever cards you play, bets are placed on that number. And you basically try to get... Uh, only one player moves the wheel. So you basically try to play the high card and get the wheel to turn, land on a number with bets on it, and then you can either cash out or let it go around some more times until the bet raises. It's actually really fun. I actually played it for several hours, and it's it's, it's actually a really fun game. It's it's unique, it's challenging, It's sometimes it's balanced, sometimes it's not, and it depends on who you're playing against. The computer players each have a distinct personality, and this also goes for, for Texas Hold'em as well, and there are some characters, some computer characters who, as soon as they land on a bet, they cash out. That's it. It doesn't matter if they win 200 coins, they cash out. That pisses me off to no end because then it just becomes 
complete sudden death all the time, you're winning very little money, and it's stupid. There are other tables with players where uh, if you're playing against them, they're only going to cash out if they've got a 2x or a 3x bet because you can get a, a double, a triple, or or a full a full bet, which is 4. Um, so they'll wait, and they're patient. So that way you can kind of undercut them if you land on something first and you decide the bets are high enough. So there's some strategy involved, and there were times when I would get to a table, they were crappy players, and I would just leave the table and come back. So that's actually really cool. It was interesting, well-balanced, and all that stuff. Uh, that is Saz's side quest. That is his entire mission. You uh, you start in serendipity as Saz, you gamble, and then you are done. Are you kidding? No. That that is literally all of it. You you show up and Dodge has disappeared somehow because that's what he does. The casino curator who who for some bizarre reason has a Russian accent, a really bad Russian accent, is like, yes, let me tell you about something. I have a very terrible Russian accent. I'll talk to you about time now, and it's stupid. So he talks to you and says, you have to get, like, fortune coins to unlock Dodge from wherever he is. And in order to get fortune coins or whatever, you have to gamble. So you have to go to these tables, play a bunch, and then whenever you leave a table, you get fortune coins for, like, every time you won the Chrono game with an ace, you get a, you get a coin. Maybe every winning streak, you get a coin. Maybe every, uh, you just get a coin, Lady Luck gives you a coin. You have to accumulate more than 50 or, or somewhere around there. And then Dodge reappears randomly, and he's like, Daddy, Daddy! And you're like, oh, son, that was cool. Let's let's say something inconsequential to the storyline now. And then it's over. <laughs> so, uh, and then the Russian guy is like, yes, you may change the future now. Darkness is coming. And then it's like, that's it. And you get size in your party as a synergist. So at least you automatically get him. You don't have to get lucky like you do when you fight lightning. Uh, but you do get him as a synergist. I've leveled him up a little bit, but not that much, so he's not great yet. I hope he has haste, because from what I've gathered from all the synergists in the game, you don't get haste. Did you find any synergists that have haste? For my, under- for my understanding, that was a deliberate game design, and what they said was haste was too powerful in the first game, so they just did away with it. Dude, if he doesn't know haste, I will be fucking pissed. Because it's the only reason I'm leveling him up. I don't think he will. God damn it. Well, that's great. Uh, so so that was his entire That side sounds quest. like the worst DLC ever. <laughs> it was pretty bad. But let me tell you the one major game-breaking perk. When you're gambling in the main game and you're doing slots, you make a little bit of money sometimes. And Chocobo Racing, I guess you can make some more if you get really into it. That's fine. At these tables, you can buy in for either 1,000, 10,000, or 100,000 credits. So you start with like 5,000 credits. So I built up and then got 10,000. Then then played a few $10,000 tables. And then finally won enough to do a $100,000 buy-in. So I would do a 100,000 credit buy-in. And if you win a table, like if you're at the Chrono game and one other player busts, or you're at Texas Hold'em and every other player busts, then you win the table and you get double your buy-in. So not only do you get to keep all the winnings you just got, but you get a bonus 200,000 credits. So when I finished as a side quest, I had over 360,000 credits. Now in the main game, the most expensive item you can buy 
at the uh, at the counter in the casino is seventy five hundred credits, and I had over three hundred sixty thousand credits. Mm. Those credits transfer into your main party. So I went to the casino with Sarah and bought everything. I have a hundred Choco boosters, a hundred uh, Choco bonuses. I bought the wild artifact. I got about fifty Phoenix blood potions, which is like a Phoenix down. It revives your character to full health and casts haste. And I could have bought several elixirs, but I, I didn't want to blow all my credits. I still have about one hundred and twenty thousand credits. So if I want to, I can go back, play the actually fun game, the chrono game, once, win a table, and buy probably 50 elixirs. As if the game wasn't easy enough. <laughs> you say that, but I don't know, man. I uh, That long gooey did a number on me in the Asus Massif, and there's this other monster Well, now. I think the long gooey does, does everybody wrong, let's be honest. It, well, no, that's not even that bad. The last mark in the Asus Massif is ridiculous. The flying one? Really? I, I didn't have any problems. <laughs> I, I, I hurt him for maybe 2,000 damage, and then he uses Impenetrable Shield, heals to full health, and becomes invincible temporarily. Yeah, obviously you just know how to play the game. Apparently I don't, because uh, I, I couldn't touch him. And I, I, after about 10 minutes, I was like, I'm not even going to do this. This is stupid. Um, but yeah, that, that does make the, the game a little easier. So at the very least, you can rationalize the Saz DLC by saying, well, I get another party member, and now I can break and the game. And now I can break so, the game, right. <laughs> so if the game is too hard for you, download this, play the fun games for a while, and then go spend all your money at the casino. Uh, I will bring to your, to your attention that I think two, two days ago, uh, maybe it was three days ago, uh, another piece of DLC came out. Actually, it might have been on the 17th. Point is, another DLC came out. Uh, it is another arena fight, because we all like those a lot. Uh, <laughs> but you may get a kick out of this. It is actually Ultros and Chupan. No! Yeah, which they can then join your party. Oh. My. God. So they really know how to, they really know how to appeal to the fanboys of the Final Fantasy... Uh, of the Final Fantasy games by doing this kind of thing. I mean, again, it's going to add absolutely nothing to the story. Absolutely nothing. But you're probably going to download it, am I right? I'm going to download it the minute I get home from lunch because yeah. I'm going to lunch after this podcast. But then I'm definitely downloading it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, they. Sure, I guess the strategy is there for them to continue to make money off this kind of thing when it is just it's a shallow fucking cash in on people's nostalgia. Whatever. Don't get me. You're right. Don't get. Don't get me started. I don't want to spend eighty five dollars on this game and not get any resolution <laughs> no. to the story. You're absolutely right. And again, I wouldn't do any of this if not for the fact that I essentially got the game for free. So, um, you know, I mean, don't be jealous. Like I'm still wasting money, but I wouldn't be wasting as much money if you know if I didn't have to. Maybe if I didn't feel so gypped by the game and by the ending, I would. Mm -hmm. I would. You know, I wouldn't be so jaded by this money grab corporate bullshit but you know the fact that i didn't really i didn't really like the story of the game all that much and i certainly didn't like the way that they wrapped up the story it mm. just it gives me so little incentive to actually uh contribute any more money to them uh for this particular game yeah i understand oh you know what i actually i did one more thing i downloaded a weapon for sarah Oh, that's right, because they, they let you do that now, too. That's yeah, right. yeah. Um, 
from what I read from the internet, before I downloaded any weapons, most message boards claimed that by the end of the game, all these weapons are, are pretty much obsolete that you can download. Uh, except for Sarah has one that has a, an ability called Vampiric Bite or something, and it gives you like 3% of your health back every time you attack. I don't remember. But if you pair that, there's some other item that gives you like triples your magic damage or something, like ludicrous, but it also permanently poisons your character or something. I don't remember. Because they have a lot of things that give you a giant boost, but then like a giant disadvantage. But if you pair it with this weapon, because you're restoring health so quickly and attacking so quickly, you should be able to kill most monsters before it does anything. So I was like, well, let's give it a shot and, and download it. And the stats are pretty decent. I haven't even upgraded it to its full potential, and it's still comparable to any of the main weapons I have. And with that little ability, it's okay. So I was like, you know, what the hell? Like, let's let's just see what I can do, see if I can break the game a little more. Because for whatever reason, maybe I just am not catching the right monsters, but I'm just having a harder time with some of these enemies than you did. As long as... And, and you know, now that we're deep into this DLC discussion, as long as these kind of weapons that you can download do not... are not required for anything, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with downloading downloading weapons and armor mm. and stuff like that to make your characters more powerful. But the minute that those become required to to progress, it is basically the developer is saying, all right, you can get more content out of the game, but you have to spend money. Yeah, yeah, but, and, that's, and that's stupid. And, and I believe this weapon was cheaper than one of the costumes. I think it was only two bucks. So it was very cheap, and that, that's the other reason. You know, if it had been more than, like, a dollar fifty or two bucks, there's no way. But I was like, yeah, what the hell? So how far in are you on this game now, as, uh, well, far, I, as, as far as money-wise? Uh, as far as... Uh, I think I've spent I've spent less than twenty total. But if you but let's say I bought the game new, it would be about eighty five dollars by now. Okay, and that's not worth it. But for what I've spent, again, I got lucky with this Amazon deal. So uh, I don't know. Hopefully, Ninja Gaiden three doesn't have any of this ridiculous DLC that I have to deal with later. Because I spent I walked in and I walked out of there, and I I haven't bought a new video game in a while. You know, just walked in and bought one. That's like I walked out of there. He's like, "Yeah, that's like sixty-six bucks." I'm like, "Damn." Yeah, yeah. Like, holy shit, video games are really expensive. They are really expensive. Yeah. But uh, well, and again, this is also coming from somebody who at the time was unemployed. So for me, anything was expensive. But now that I'm gainfully employed, I can see myself buying several new video games in the future. New used video games, or new used video yeah, games, or new on sale video games. It's true. It's true. Well, next time, um, next yeah. time we talk, I'll be talking about. Uh, I just started a game. Uh, it's called Space Marine. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's no. based in the Warhammer 40k universe. Um, <laughs> it's a third-person shooter, and it's much better. It's got a terrible name for as good as the game has been so far. Yeah, that's very generic. Very generic. So um, I'll talk about that the next time. Are you think you're going to be playing Final Fantasy 13 2 still for a while? Um, well, next week I will be reviewing Ninja Gaiden 3. Good deal. Or as much as I can get through without being ruined. I've read a couple places have read that it's not as brutally difficult as the first two games and it's better for it i believe there's an easy mode where you get a pink tutu <laughs> there's always an easy mode but i never go that there's route. actually too, an easy mode to this game i'm too much of a masochist yeah. uh, <laughs> but um i'll be doing that and i'll review the chupon and ultros battle for sure yeah yeah and see what those monsters are like in your party right uh, if I can fucking catch them or beat them, who knows? They could be really hard, like that 
Palin girl. And I think we'll leave it at that, at Sarah Palin being difficult, everybody. I think. No, I, I want to leave it at, I just said hard. Actually, I do like, I, I think we should probably leave it at the big gooey is tough. The big gooey is tough. Oh boy, that just turned me on.